0: Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network.
1: Everybody knows that true crime can be a real buzzkiller. So why not pair it with a nice glass of wine? Join us, Macy and Nicole, the hosts of Buzzkillers, a true crime podcast, as we drink our way through new bottles of wine every week while navigating true crime cases, conspiracy theories, and even some spooky haunts. The deep dives are kept light with banter and personal tales, and even the occasional boozy hiccup. Listeners are encouraged to grab a drink of any kind and tune in every Sunday as we tell the tales of the wicked that plague this world. Buzzkillers can be streamed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you like to listen. Check out our website, www.buzzkillerspodcast.com, for more information. What's up, up you guys? guys? I'm Catherine.
0: And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmouth Podcast. How are you doing today, Haley? I'm good, Catherine. How are you? I'm fine. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, too. I was going to say that I was tired, but I thought you'd get mad at me and be like, be interesting.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm not like a mean, like, stage mom. I, I do You're- wish that you were interesting at all times but (laughs) i do understand you're human and that doesn't always happen just because whoa sorry what i'm just kidding (laughs) what what also is like it makes me self-conscious when i um am telling a story and you're like falling asleep and i'm like (laughs) so like that's another reason why sometimes i'm like be interesting (laughs) because i'm like I need you to give a back and forth. This is more than a one-woman show. I apologize. I am tired. And You're it's
0: not your f- it's I'm sorry that your voice is soothing. Say and no one ever. Asleep.
1: You're like the only person. <laughs> I was just thinking about like like being groomed online when I was younger. They also were like, I could fall asleep to your voice all day night long. But you know. Ew. <laughs> we grew up in the nineties. <laughs> we were all some sort of groomed online. Anyway, um, it's true crime week. It's a week you don't have to do shit, except to edit. <laughs> now, <laughs> <laughs> I've edited yeah. seventy-nine episodes. You got to catch up.
0: <laughs> you know what that means, spooky babes? Is that I did a good job? I did a good job. I
1: I did a good job. What's that? Song? What's I that? Don't the know you never heard that thought? Oh, never mind. Oh yeah, bitch, you doing a good job, bitch. You do no, okay, sorry. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, Haley, in case you're wondering, Haley edited the podcast last week and she's become our star editor. So she's gonna edit every podcast from here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> every single one from here on out. I'm here on out?
1: No, but at least till seventy-nine then we can switch off and <laughs> 79 is just our cutoff <laughs> i like stop the podcast after their next 79th episode <laughs> you're, I know, we're
0: at like what 100 and 58,
1: 58 yeah like 158 and, like, and you're like we're done look we did a good run it was fun <laughs> but thanks for getting your editing your shit anyway <laughs>
0: i'm over here like strung out and stressed
1: (laughs) welcome to my world baby (laughs) well it's true crime week and i kind of debated on what we were going to talk about today and i was talking to Haley last night and i was like so i think i'm going to do one that's like a little more high profile but like i really hate it and it's probably going to give me like you know i'm gonna struggle straight through it like i did with gertrude or whatever her name was Um, the girl in the basement the girl in the basement yes she was like is it the ken and barbie killer and i was like what she was like is it the ken and barbie killer and i was like maybe and she goes it is (laughs) (laughs) and so um she guessed that i was potentially thinking about doing the ken and barbie killer but i just i can't (laughs) first of all she knows all the like twists and turns in the story and it's not going to be as fun to tell her something that she already knows all about (laughs) so there's that also if i if i don't get any like shock and awe from the story there's no no gratification of telling the story because i don't want to actually tell this you know what i mean like i don't actually want to talk about gross gruesome stuff like that really truly happened like i don't care if it's in a movie (laughs) You know. I know we're over here like
0: he got his eye jabbed out.
1: (laughs) I literally was like, I don't feel bad for that girl in Terrifier Two. And you're like, really? She did not deserve that, man. I'm not (laughs) saying she deserved that. I'm just saying she was kind of a bitch. (laughs) She should have just gave Art the candy. Literally, if she had given Art candy, I'm pretty sure she would still have been alive at the end of the movie. Anyway. We're not talking about Terrified 2. We're talking about another house of horrors. Do you have anything to talk to the spooky babes about before we get trucking? Spooky babes. Haley here.
0: Catherine just loves when I get all ASMRE series over here. So I'm sure I'm going to cringe later while editing this, but uh, hope you've had a good first month of the year.
1: Welcome to February.
0: Well, Welcome to February, baby. Uh, the month of love. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Also, Black History oh. Month.
0: <laughs> woo, woo! We celebrate that for sure. But anyway, I hope you had a first good month of the year. We hope that you have an even better year with us. That is all. Have a good day. Now, Catherine, time to make us sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when we were editing the podcast last week, I was like, "Gee, Haley, do you wish that I didn't talk over you all the time?" And she's like, "Yeah," <laughs> because it's so hard to edit us sometimes because we're sometimes just like. On top of each other? On Is top it- of each other. I swear that there's still a delay. Uh, so we're going to talk about A House of Horrors here. We're going to reel it on back to August twenty second, 2002. Whoa, a lot of shoes. Yeah. Anyway, a 21-year-old woman from Cleveland named Michelle Knight. What? She had to be 21. <laughs> Couldn't have been 22. Because 22. Sorry. 22. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. No, she wasn't 21. 20- 21 year old uh woman from cleveland named michelle knight was last seen leaving her cousin's house she was on her way to go to a case management meeting regarding her son joey um she had him at 18 as a result of a sexual assault um, but she had lost custody of him due to an issue in the house with her mother's boyfriend apparently now i don't know how true this is but apparently the mother's boyfriend was drunk and he fractured the son's knee so that's why he was taken out of their care and placed into foster care i don't know how real all of that is but that's the story of why he was in foster care from what i could find anyway so she was on her way to the meeting to regain custody of her son to see what she could do to regain custody except she got lost on her way there (laughs) what's wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no sorry since she got lost i'm like oh
0: yeah there probably wasn't gps was there? i mean
1: 2002 i guess probably not not like on your phone <laughs> you know let's see i'm sure there was gps but i don't think she was one of those kinds of people that had it let's see i think that in 2002 when- you had
0: to- oh sorry <laughs> when was google maps invented february 8
1: 2005 so i, th- I kind of think that back in 2002 you would have had to like map quest it and then also be able to follow those instructions. Do you remember MapQuest? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I feel like I also probably would have gotten lost. <laughs> She's lost. She's trying to figure out where to go to get to this case management meeting. That's all she needs to do. That's all she wants to do, right? Ariel Castro, at 42, he pulled over and offered to take her where she needed to go. She actually did know Ariel Castro because he was the father of one of her friends from high school. During the drive, they got to chatting and Michelle talked to him all about like her son and like getting custody of him. Ariel offered Michelle a puppy. Michelle got super excited, was thinking, wow, that would make a great gift for her son once he gets back into her custody to be able to give him a little puppy. So what they decided was Ariel was going to take her back to his house and then they would get the puppy and then they would go to the meeting. So once they arrived inside his house, surprise, there was not a puppy there whoa what Um, once inside the house he attacked her and wrapped an extension cord around her neck and shoved a sock in her mouth to muffle her screams he said you won't be leaving here for a long time he began to take his clothes off and she started pleading with him because all she wanted to do was get to the meeting to go get her son back that's really all she wanted and he said you'll never see your son again and tore up the photo of him that she carried with her in like her wallet. So that's so sad. Um. So he chained her down in a basement. He made her wear a motorcycle helmet to muffle her screams. So he beat. You know how like motorcycle helmets have like the whole panel in the front. So I don't know how well it worked, but <laughs> that's what he did. He beat and assaulted her multiple times and played loud music to cover any sounds of the attack. At one point, he allowed her to have a pit bull puppy. Hey, she got a puppy anyway, right?
0: Got the puppy.
1: Um, unfortunately during one of the attacks the puppy bit him and he broke the puppy's neck in front of michelle Uh, i don't like this one (laughs) me neither um (laughs) he loved having a, a some kind of resemblance of control over her so he controlled what she wore when she ate Um, and at the time when she went missing, her mother did file a missing persons report, but back when she was 14, she had run away from home because of that, they decided that she probably just ran away again due to the, like being depressed about the custody battle and having a bunch of issues with her parents and her son. So her name was removed from the missing persons database within 15 months after she was reported missing a little over a year Um, and her case was relatively forgotten she even tried to escape once but she was seriously injured in the process and that resulted in leaving her really scared to ever attempt that again she stayed with him for quite a while um and so now we're seven months later And she's been with him for seven months now. We're at April 21st, 2003. We're following Amanda Berry, who's 16 years old, leaving her part-time job at Burger King, a few blocks away from home. She's on her way back home. She's walking, and she passes by a car that's idling in a driveway. Inside the car, she saw a girl that she thought that she went to middle school with, so she, like gave a little wave, and then the car started following her. They pulled up and he rolled down the window and the man said, would you like a ride? And she noticed that the girl was no longer in the passenger seat. And he said, oh, that was my daughter. She's back at the house. She wanted to know if you wanted to come by and say hi. And she was like, sure. So she got it. When they got to the house, he said that his daughter must be in like the bathroom or something and began showing her around the house. And he showed her a room upstairs where there was another woman sleeping. She didn't recognize that woman, but that woman was now 22-year-old Michelle Knight. At that point, he forced her into the next room and demanded her to remove her pants. He bound her wrists and ankles and chained her up in the basement with a motorcycle helmet on her head again. He told her if she was quiet, he would let her go. At that point, because she didn't return home from work, her family reported her missing. And she was actually left in the basement with just a TV And on that TV was her mother and sister pleading for her to return home safe. Four days later, he moved her back upstairs and chained her to a radiator. And a week later, he even called her family to taunt them, saying that they're never going to see their daughter again and all that kind of stuff. It was 2002, so (laughs) triangulating cell phones and, and all that kind of stuff didn't really work very well. but. The police were able to find out that that call came within two blocks of her home you could only track the cell phone when the cell phones turned back on and apparently he never turned that cell phone back on because the whole trail went cold they couldn't find any reason amanda would be within the two blocks of that cell phone call he did let her have a journal to write in to pass the time and she addressed all of her entries to her mother in january of 2004 Police go to Ariel Castro's home. No one answers the door. The reason they were looking for him was that he was a school bus driver and child welfare called the police because he had left a child in a bus unattended. He explained that he just didn't realize he was left in there and it was kind of ruled as like a mistake and like a oopsies. So nothing ever came from it. He was never like his home wasn't searched and nothing was ever uh, charged against him for that. We're going to fast forward to April 2nd, 2004, where he gets a little restless again. 14-year-old Gina de Jesus was walking home with Ariel Castro's daughter, Arlene. They were planning on hanging out at Arlene's house, but her mother said no. So Gina began walking home alone. Ariel Castro knew Gina's father. So when his truck pulled up beside her, she recognized him. And he asked her if she had seen his daughter, Arlene. And she said, yeah, I just had. And he asked her to help him find her. So she agreed and got in the car and he took her to his house instead of back to Arlene's. He asked her to come in and help him move some equipment. So she came inside, but she became very uncomfortable at that time. And Ariel, I don't understand why he did this, but he started grooming his face. So like he started like trimming his nose hair and his like beard hair and stuff like in front of her after asking her to move equipment, which was kind of weird. Then he began touching her inappropriately. She told him, hey, I'm only 14. And if you get caught, you're going to go to jail. And he said, hey, you can leave if you want, but just do me a favor and don't go out the door that you came in. Go down into the basement and go out the basement door. So they went down to the basement. And at that point he attacked her. And after an altercation, she was scrappy. That's for sure. Um, After an altercation, he did manage to tie her up and left her in the basement. Her mother submitted a missing persons report. Unfortunately, the police did not take it as a missing child or like an Amber Alert because they figured that she had just ran away. I don't know why they wouldn't have done an Amber Alert on a 14-year-old girl, though, missing, even if she was a runaway. Right. She's still 14 years old and probably by herself. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the police even thought about that. Um, but her mother and father canvassed the area, they gathered a bunch of people to do a search party, and you know who joined that search? Ariel Castro. Gina's father's friend, Ariel Castro. He posted flyers around the neighborhood and consoled Gina's mother. That was disgusting. Yeah. Trash trash straight trash about four weeks later on may 7th 2004 he assaulted gina for the first time and these assaults became a regular occurrence as it was for all the girls michelle tried to even intervene on his attempts to assault gina as a result she was just beaten and assaulted more often he even assaulted them while they were like in the same room as each other which i don't know how i could even handle doing that like being in the room that just with helpless you know like with no no Mm. way to call for help you know Mm -mm. All three of them were held like in really awful conditions. The house was like in complete despair. Like it was filthy. There was bed bugs. They all had depression because they were never outside in the sun. They never got any vitamin D. Uh, they were pretty much starved. He chose when to feed them and what they wore so they could be like freezing in the um, house. It could be whatever and they could they have to wear whatever he told them to wear amanda lived in a room the size of a closet with a dirty mattress and a bucket to do her business that stayed in the room with her and apparently really smelled if she wanted to shower she had to shower with him and she actually kept a tally in her journal of every time she was assaulted hoping someday justice would be served michelle was actually not allowed to shower for like the first eight months in captivity so she just straight up was not allowed to shower michelle also became pregnant four or five times but ariel forced her to miscarry because he beat her so severely Mm -hmm. he was highly manipulative he would pretend to leave to see if they would try to escape and then he would threaten to kill them if they had tried to leave um he made a system in the household to try to pin the girls against each other. So like he would give an allowance where they could buy things like food or like a special room in the house that was like cleaner than the rest. And he tried to make it seem like they couldn't trust each other. The girls couldn't trust each other mm-hmm. um, so that when he left, they weren't trying to, you know, rival against him. He actually hated Michelle the most. Michelle was the most defiant. She like called him dude. And she said he wanted to break me. But you can't break something that's already broken. You only make them stronger. On May 23rd of 2004, all the women were brought together and they watched Amanda's and Gina's case on 48 Hours. Michelle was never on the news and Ariel used this to torment Michelle saying that no one's looking for her. Her family doesn't care that she's gone and that it is what it is. But the other two girls, they're on the news. They're on 48 hours, you know. At this time, they were able to kind of speak to each other because they were actually all in one room at one time. Ariel tried to never let them be in the room at the same time, especially without him because, again, he never wanted a chance to have them conspire against him. When Amanda turned 20, she was in captivity since she was 16. She was a, It was a day before her 17th birthday, so this is about three years later. She was suspected that she was pregnant and Ariel allowed her to carry her baby to term. And on December 25th of 2006, she went and to labor and he bought a kiddie pool for her to give birth in and forced michelle to deliver the baby at first the baby came out and wasn't breathing and ariel threatened to kill michelle if the baby didn't survive even though michelle was not a nurse she wasn't any kind of medical help so it was kind of a complicated situation uh, she was able to resuscitate her and amanda named her jocelyn afterwards ariel referred to amanda as his wife and all of them as a family Jocelyn was also stuck inside the house with everyone else, but he let her out to play in the yard and she was able to go to Sunday services and even to his parents' house for some reason. I'm like, did no one question how you just randomly got a kid? Right. Like, like you're not married. You're not bringing your wife around. So I'm just wondering, like, how did you just get a kid? They didn't question it. And I was like, how? (laughs) Your mom doesn't want to meet your wife. Your mom doesn't want to meet the mother of your daughter. Like, I'm confused. The three women did watch the news of J.C. Dugard when it happened that she came out of captivity and she was in there out for 10 years. They hoped, and uh, they had they had a lot of hope when they were able to watch that. And Ariel said, wow, that guy, he's fucking crazy. Not like, no, not, like a, not like saying, oh yeah, I'm just like him. And the girls were like, you're kind of just like him. And he's like, I'm not like that. That guy's crazy. And I'm like, you're okay. crazy <laughs> if you don't see the similarities you're fucking crazy the girls had a lot of close encounters to alert someone a couple times ariel's daughters were in the house and they were really too scared to act at that point it's just like the jc dugard thing it was you know she had options to to potentially alert someone that she was there but it happens to captives you know it has a hard time getting out you know right in uh, November of 2011, a neighbor, Israel Lugo, he heard pounding on the doors of Castro's house, and he Castro had plastic bags over all the windows. Lugo said officers knocked on the front door, but no one answered. So the officers walked around the outside of the house and then left. In 2012, Amanda's case was marked as solved because someone named Robert Wolford, he admitted to killing Amanda Berry. He also passed a lie detector test obviously you and i know he was lying but (laughs) right (laughs) her family still had hope that potentially he was maybe not telling the truth because he told he even though he passed the lie detector test he told the police where to find her remains and they couldn't find anything so the family still had hope that potentially she was still alive somewhere in july what i'm just like why would some random what random guy just be like oh yeah he was already he was already in jail for murder um and sometimes people who are already in jail sometimes want to beef up their rep you know oh true and if so i mean there's a lot of people in jail who have confessed to crimes that they didn't actually do so that they could count add to their head count so that's true in july in 2012 neighbor elsie uh cintron she claimed that she contacted police at this time she contacted police to report a strange activity at ariel's house which was a woman who was naked crawling around in the backyard and a little girl in the attic window. She called the police, but I don't think they ever came or they came and n- never got in.
0: No one answered the door and
1: they no like, one oh, answered the no door. they're like, no one's home. Oh, must be abandoned. May 6th, 2013, Jocelyn told Amanda that she wasn't able to find daddy and that daddy wasn't home. Amanda's door was also left unlocked. She thought this is probably a trick because that's what he did. He tricked him but she thought this might be my only chance to try to get out. So she came downstairs and she recognized that he wasn't there, but there was like this alarm that was like on the, on the door, the exit door. It's like, it was like a makeshift alarm. Like it was like, it was weird. Um, And then there was a storm door that was kind of stuck shut. So she was able to open the storm door enough to get her arm out. And she started screaming for help michelle and gina were upstairs and they thought that ariel was down there hurting her and michelle was going to go down and try to intervene but gina asked michelle to stay with her because she was scared the neighbor aurora marty actually heard her screaming but she didn't speak english much but amanda said my name is amanda berry and she said you can't be amanda berry she's dead and so (laughs) another neighbor charles ramsey he actually came over and helped get Part of the storm door out so that she could climb out of the door. And so she came out with Jocelyn and he called 911 and she called 911. And so Amanda is now at the neighbor's house on the phone with the police. She gives the 911 operator all the information. She says that the captor is Ariel Castro. My name is Amanda Berry. Please send help. Uh, please send help. Honestly, I think they thought that she was joking because they arrived like 15 minutes later like not fast at all (laughs) and the you can hear the officer like there's like 911 call like log and you can hear the officer be like I don't think she's joking um which (laughs) I'm like why would you think it's a joke like I know that it's been a long time but like why would you think it's a joke they went into the house uh because she said there are two other girls in the house and uh, she went into the house and you know, they, they announced themselves police um, and they found Michelle and Gina upstairs. Amanda, who was, at the, who was 27, Gina, who was 23, and Michelle, who was 32, were discovered alive in Ariel Castro's Cleveland home and they were free. Later that day, Ariel was arrested in a McDonald's parking lot at 6.16 p.m. Two of his brothers were actually arrested with him, but on the counts that they thought that maybe they knew about the kidnappings, they didn't know, and they were released. After Michelle came out, she was rushed to the hospital because she said she was having, like, chest pains. And she was so tiny that the police mistook her for a child. Like, she was under 100 pounds, and she was short, so they thought that she was actually a child. She had a bacterial infection in her stomach, and she technically would have, if they had not gotten out, would have died in Ariel's home because she only had a couple more days to live before that bacteria took over her whole body. Jeez. Yeah. And as a result of being in that house for over 10 years, Michelle also can't have kids because of the forced miscarriages and she also uh doesn't she she has to wear glasses because she was in the dark for so long. Um and she can't see as well. On May 8th of 2013, Amanda and Gina returned to her home. To return to their family homes, uh, their families are shocked that the missing women have been held for so long, so close in a neighborhood home. On May 9th of 2013, Ariel Castro, at 53 years old, faced four counts of kidnapping and three counts of rape. Ariel was held on an mil- an $8 million bail. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> chattanooga county prosecutors thought that they might try to charge ariel with aggravated murder due to michelle's miscarriages and this would allow them to pursue the death penalty so on july 12th of 2013 ariel was indicted for 977 charges including aggravated murder kidnapping and rape on july 26th of 2013 ariel accepts a plea bargain that spares him the death penalty Uh, But he pled guilty to 937 charges. He said, I knew I was pretty much going to get the whole book thrown at me, which I'm like, fuck, yeah, you are like, what the fuck? You're a fucking monster. August 1st of 2013, at his sentencing hearing, he told the court, he said, I'm not a monster, uh, but he's just sick is what he said. He also claimed that he never raped or tortured the girls. And he said, quote, to clear the record, I'm not a monster. I did not prey on these women. I just acted on my sexual instincts because of my sexual addiction. As God is my witness, I never beat these women like they're trying to say I did. I never tortured them. But like, okay, simply them being held in your house, (laughs) like, and being not told that they can't leave. Like, how is that not torture in and of itself? Even if you didn't technically beat them and all of them have you know like words that were healed you know (laughs) you can tell during Michelle's testimony in court she said you took 11 years of my life away and now I've got now I've got it back I spent 11 years in hell now your hell is just beginning is what she said I think I think I love Michelle because she's like a badass to call your captor dude like I just can't are you ready for sentencing? Yes. Ariel was sentenced to life without a chance of parole. Plus 1,000 years. You know,
0: okay. I'm, I'm going to say, I never understand when they do that. Like, what? why do they? So it is life. So he got life already. What's the point of putting 1,000 years on there? Like, is it just to like 1,000% make sure this man will never see the light of day? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And and also for him to they don't want to be like, oh, okay, let's just stop at life because at life, you know, I know he committed more crimes than would put him in for just life, you know, but let's just do life. You want to calculate all of his time, even though he's never going to serve all all of that time, you know, even though he's never there's no way he's ever going to serve all that time. You want to calculate everything that he racked up and for sure, even if. I don't, know, I don't know if life sentencing is truly life or if it's like a certain amount of years, like 50 years or something, or like 80 years, you know? I don't know if life is – because everyone's life is a different lifetime, you know what I mean? I digress. Right. But yes, it's so that he can be for sure in the clinker for the rest of his goddamn days. August 7th of 2013, Ariel Cleveland's home – where the three girls were held hostage was demolished, and Michelle attended the demolition, and she released balloons in the air when it was when it was down to the ground. And on September 3rd, 2013, Ariel was about a month into his sentence, and he hung himself in his cell with a bedsheet and pronounced dead due to suicide. And that's the story of the House of Horrors. I'm mad that Go he ahead. didn't. I'm mad that he only lasted a month in jail. That's what I'm saying. But I am wondering if his month in jail was like hell. Because I feel like there are some there are some guys in jail that like if you are in for a certain type of crime, they like I don't know. I feel like I've heard that somewhere and I don't even know if that's true. But you know, if you're in for like a certain type of crime, some guys are like, That's fucked that's too fucked up. Yeah. And like maybe I don't know. I would I will I I'm glad that they're no longer in captivity and they actually survived. But I do wish that he spent more than a month in jail.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. That's um, the only thing I hate about this
1: story. Yeah. I know. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm but it it was a happy story at the end, I guess, that yeah. they got out. I was like at
0: least it was a happy ending and not like a bunch of murderers like the kid and Barbie killers. Yes. On top of the assault on top of the assault yes what i'm confused is i'm like
1: where were his daughters i don't think he was allowed to see his daughters
0: okay that would make sense because i'm like there's these kids that keep popping up that like oh well didn't michelle say that she went to school with his daughter yeah and then gina or whatever said that she saw the girl that she went to middle school with
1: yeah amanda said that daughter amanda yeah. yeah and then gina was with his daughter prior to seeing him um
0: yeah, so I'm like, what the heck? You got think like, I,
1: kids of all ages. Yeah, I just think that um, I don't think that the divorce between him and his wife was amicable. I don't think it was amicable between him and his wife. Mm-hmm. So I think that only the daughters who were grown-ups got to come by, and I don't think that they liked him very much either. I don't think he was really all that good of a guy prior to the kidnappings. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I I think that I read somewhere that he had prior assault charges on, like, you know, domestic charges and those kinds of things. Maybe not charges, but there were, like, instances where he got the police called on him. But anyway, it's just a, he was not a good dude even before he kidnapped these people. Uh, but he never went to jail, so it never stopped him from kidnapping these girls. Gross. I know. I know it's like hard because I love I love when someone gets life sentences I love it I love it so much it makes me feel good inside that they're all they're in jail you know they're taking care forever forever and they like have to be there for the rest of their days but the rest of their days is only a month come on like I can't I hate I hate when that happens but he was a straight-up coward we all know that Mm-hmm. that's there's no other way to say it he was a coward and he wanted someone to control and the people that he could control was a 14 year old girl and a 16 year old girl and an 18 year old girl so <laughs> he had no control as a 43 year old or a 53 year old man he had no control in his own life other than those girls which makes him a coward major coward. and i said it again <laughs> i'd say it if he was alive too <laughs> and i'll say it again <laughs> well bitch. I, was, I always wonder if uh, people in prison can listen to true crime podcasts. I don't know. I always wonder if they're, they're just like like writing down the names of the people who are like, yeah. fuck you. I mean, I don't have to worry about Ariel, but I've said some pretty shitty things about some pretty shitty people who are in jail. Or prison. I think it's prison. I know I keep saying jail. I know that they're two different things. <laughs> Prison's the long haul. Jail's like county jail. Because I oh, wonder man. if his month in jail, he went over that day in his head. Like, did he just get lazy? Had to have, right? Yeah. He didn't, I think lock, her just... in, he didn't lock her in the room. Like, I wonder if he replaced that day. I think he just got complacent. Yeah. Yeah. Comfortable.
0: I agree. He's like, they're not going to do nothing.
1: Yeah, they would never. But he didn't account for little old Jocelyn. Oh, Jocelyn. I was gonna do this one a few like last year sometime, but I realized that it was so similar to JC Dugard, except for the fact that it was multiple girls. I was right. like, I gotta make I gotta make time <laughs> between JC and this one. <laughs> if you guys wanna hear of another survival story, listen to the first episode of JC Dugard.
0: Oh yeah. Way back in the
1: day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, spooky babes, thanks for joining us. Next week is horror movie week, Haley. I know we have not talked about it, but I ask you every <laughs> single time: do you have any idea of what you want to do next week? No. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Surprise. I know. I know. I was gonna
0: say, are, are you surprised?
1: Never. Never surprised. So wasn't there
0: wasn't there a movie that we talked about? We were gonna do, but then I was like, oh, I'll wait for. Um, was it this month my bloody valentine
1: (gasps) that's it okay so last february you were gonna do this movie too but then you were like never mind i want to do this movie i don't remember what it was we did valentine oh yeah yeah yeah. with david boreanna's in it (laughs) that was a good one i did like that movie i mean i liked it in like an early 2000s way (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a guilty pleasure for sure yeah yeah i've never seen my bloody valentine i don't think
0: so it's like another one of those movies where there's like
1: the OG, and oh, okay. then they
0: remade it. Oh, okay. I've, I haven't seen the old to the remake. one.
1: Yeah, we're gonna watch the remake. We're,
0: we're gonna watch the remake <laughs> 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 of My Bloody Valentine 3D. 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that's what it's called because uh, that's when you know when like 3D was big and it had like the cardboard glasses yeah. with the red and blue. Yeah. Yeah, that was like one of the first horror movies that they put out in 3D. That's weird. Is it going to be 3D? No. You'll see the shots that that were We're supposed supposed to be be 3D. 3D.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. This is what you get when you have like a young horror movie fan. Because like, (laughs) I feel like everyone's like, the classics the originals and we're just like the remake of house of wax the remake of my bloody valentine (laughs) (laughs) the remake of black christmas right Right. sorry (laughs) sorry not sorry it's okay it's gonna be great it's gonna be great someone has to do those movies so it might as well be us (laughs) you're trashy reviewers for trashy movies (laughs) literally trailer park of trash.
0: (gasps) <gasps> trailer park of terror that
1: was, uh, that was a good one okay well spooky babes we appreciate you we are excited that you joined us today and we hope that you had a good time listening to us jabber on um and uh i hope you join us for our horror movie next week whoop, whoop my bloody valentine will you be mine <laughs> anyway um <laughs> i was gonna be like no <laughs> You already have a Anyhow, stop crying. Wait, why are you crying? She denied me. Oh, yeah, story of my life. Anyway, uh, we appreciate you. The world is better with you in it. And if you ever need anything, please don't hesitate to DM us on Instagram, and we will send you a meme or something, <laughs> or send you some sage advice from your two shit show of friends um <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh we'll see you in your nightmares okay bye <laughs>